Today, I'm talking to Kendra Connolly with Sotheby's International Realty in Toronto. From humble beginnings to bartender to top real estate agent at Sotheby's International Realty, Kendra shares why she loves the business and her challenges, including how one client shook her confidence and her business and how she overcame it. We talk about removing your doubts and going for it. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today we have Kendra Connolly with Sotheby's International Realty Canada in Toronto of Canada, obviously. Kendra, good to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. So everybody, this is going to be fun because Kendra keeps it real, which I know we like on this show and is going to talk about how she has become so successful. We were introduced to her by Andy Taylor, who's also a guest of our show and amazing and in Canada. So Kendra, tell us a little bit about, um, you've been a real estate agent, I think for over 17 years. Yeah. 17 years. Me too. So this will be fun. Yeah. And give us a little bit of the scoop on why, how, give us your story of getting into business. We'll start with that. So I, I got into the business after uh, being a nightclub bartender for about 15 years. And uh, my mother had come to visit me and we, and I had literally just finished reading a book about uh, uh, old age homes, like, like the transitioning into that uh, life and that, you know, it was kind of scary and it wasn't very good. And so after a couple mm-hmm. of drinks, I looked at my mom and I was like, mom, don't worry. I promise you when you get old, I'm not going to put you in an old age home. You're going to come live with me. And then the look on my mother's face was like, oh, thank you. I love you. You know, whatever. And then my mom left and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to get a job, like a real job. Like I've got to afford that now. Yeah, like I need to get a job. Um, and so basically I had uh, spoken to a couple of uh, successful people and just said, how do you do it? And they said, you know, there's the ways to make money nowadays is to uh, sales uh, or own your own business. And, yeah. um, and somebody had suggested real estate to me about five years before that, but I wasn't uh, ready to hear it. And uh, that same person mentioned it again. And, and I literally three days later was in school for it. So now are you still friends with this person? Sorry. Are you still friends with this person? I am. Yes. Alex. His name is Alex. Yes. Does, does Alex give you a lot of, I told you so's? No, not at all. <laughs> Y'all are both on the same page. I love it. So you become a real estate agent, you bet you bartended a real estate agent. How did that transition look and how did, how long did it take you? How did you get your first deal? What was that like? So while I was bartending, I was actually continuing. I started, I started into, into this, into school. And then, um, when I became, then when I was in my final course, I quit bartending and I decided to work actually as an assistant for a year while I was finishing school. Cause I kind of wanted to learn from the ground up. And as an assistant um, to a top agent, to a top real estate agent for a I, year. Okay. Or an assistant. I, I, I learned a lot of what to do and I learned a lot of what not to do. Yeah. 
But you were yeah. an assist, so you bartender, then assistant to a real estate agent. And then right into real estate. So, okay. um, and I definitely think that uh, uh, bartending helped me get into it, like how it helps me because I became very good at reading people very quickly and just learning how to be able to even just be able to speak with them. So that, tell, that us, tell us a little bit about, because some listeners, I waited tables for a minute so I can relate, but some listeners are like bartending real, what? Tell us a little bit about your sales and bartending and your, how competitive you are. Yes. So I'm a naturally a, 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 a very competitive person. And so when I was bartending, I learned very quickly that if you had the highest sales, you got the best bars. And uh, you also got to work the best nights. So uh, I learned very quickly that speed, efficiency, and customer service uh, will, will go a long way. So I just learned very quickly on how a person just simply ordered a drink would be how I would then speak to that person. I knew if there was a couple, um, I learned very quickly just by the way that the woman looked at me, whether I should just, okay, I'm just going to focus on her and I'm going to make her happy because therefore that will make him happy. Um, and again, simply just how a person ordered a drink, I knew whether I can joke with this person, whether I should just like serve them and they want to move on, whether they wanted to stop and have a quick chat. Um, yeah, and it definitely helps in the business now. Well, that's a great reminder, everybody. I think a lot, there's a lot of focus sometimes that we're in the business. How can I get business? What can I do? Me, 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 me. How do I get my sales up? How do I sell more? The way to do that is to focus on the other person. You said speed, efficiency, and customer service. And the main focus in doing that is the other person and what they want and paying attention to their body language. Don't assume it. Don't, there's not some formula other than listening to do that. Yeah, I'm always actually very surprised at, you know, when you hear of agents, they have, you know, they have sort of conundrums with buyers or sellers. And I always say the answer to that is ask the questions. I, I always ask. I want to know. Like, I ask so many questions at the beginning because I want to be really clear on what it is that you need from me. And I want to make sure that I can deliver that. Because at the end of the day, if your needs I can't meet those, then I'm not the match for you. And I need to move on anyways, because it's just not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Ask, ask the questions. So many people want to pitch the pitch. No. What about asking the questions and getting the answers? So what are the questions? What are some of the questions that you ask? How do you, and I know some of it's like me asking you, how do you tie your shoe? <laughs> because you've gotten so good at it. But if you could step back for a minute, what do you think it is? If there's anything like, what are the answers you're looking for? Not like there's a right and wrong answer, but what are you wanting to know first when you meet somebody? Uh, I want to know what the, I always, I always say to people, if you could wave a magic wand and have it look the way you wanted it to look, tell me how that looks, you know? What, when do you want to be moved by? How realistic are you in regards to your selling price or your purchasing price? Uh, you know, where are you going? When do you want to be moved by? And what are your needs around that? You know, sometimes, just to give you an example, my listing presentation is geared towards both types of people, which is these, I always find with, uh, with clients, there's two types of people. There's more than that. But in general, you yeah. have a, what's the bottom line? And then you have an information gatherer. So my listing presentation is geared towards both. Uh, so oh, I think wow. that's like, I'm writing this down. Yeah. Yeah. So like you I have feel two, like 
You got your bottom line people and give me the information people. That is so true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I just, you know, I ask those questions and I, I just, and I, I, I just want to know exactly what their expectations are. And I also want to know how realistic are you? And I, I also want to know, you know, so, so for an example, I'll ask a question. Obviously, the magic wand is the best. Yeah, keep going. You ask a yeah, question. We get, we get we get a lot of like you know, will you reduce your commission? And of course, I you know obviously objection handle that. And then it's a little bit of like I ask them. I want to know if you're asking me about dropping my commission. I always come back off with the objection handled, but then I always come back with a question. And the question always is, are you interviewing other agents? And by the way, are you going to choose an agent based on the person that gives you the highest price and cuts their commission the most? What's the answer you get? The answer I get is usually 50-50, but usually it's, wow. yeah, but, but usually lately because of the way that the market is, if you have a really strong seller's market <clears> and <throat> feel, sellers feel that, that agents don't have a lot of value, they just kind of want you to help them, but they don't hold a lot of value, then I will get a lot of like, it's whoever's going to cut their commission the most. But when you're in a market like such as we're in right now uh, amid, amid the pandemic, people are putting a lot of uh, reliability on your skills. And therefore I tend to find that answer changes too. Well, and I think it's important to say, I think you would have, when, when the reason why you're asking the question is because you want the answer. You don't want to convince them of another answer because it is what it is. Okay. And when somebody's looking to cut their commission most or get that pri price the highest, that's an easy exit. That's and let's right. not waste everybody's time. That's right. And I already know walking out the door, most likely I'm not going to come back. No I is, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe is not a good answer. No. It, what is it? Chris Voss says it's better to get no deal than a bad deal. And it's better. And there's no crime in not getting a deal. There's crime in a long, taking a long time to not get a deal. Right. Absolutely. hundred percent. Listen, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm happy just to interview. Right. I, when I always say to my friends, like, I always say to my, because you know, there's like, there's your friends and then all of a sudden they don't use you and it's such a conundrum for everybody. And I always say to my friends, listen, I just want you to know that as, as a realtor, I don't expect your business because you're exactly. my friend, but what I would expect or love is an opportunity to interview for the position. That's all I ever want. At the end yeah. of the day, if I don't get the business and I've interviewed, that's okay. The best person or the best match for those clients got it. It doesn't have anything to do with my skill level. Somebody else just matched better, but I will always ask if I do not get a, a, a position, I will always ask what could I have done differently to have obtained your business? And what was it that the other agent did that actually made you go with them? Because a lot of the times I have to be honest with you, the answers to those questions are worth more than commissions. Oh yeah. And doing business with friends, it's a disservice to them to not, if you're, you're a great agent and then being a great agent to not, it's like I've quote Fabian Fredrickson a lot lately, but Fabian says, you know, if you're in the kitchen baking brownies, but you don't offer it to your friends, it's just not very nice. Yeah. We have a lot to offer. The first people that deserve it is our friends. And if it turns out we're not right, or they think we're not right, getting those answers to our questions and learning growing from that. Absolutely. So I love how we're going to shift gears a little bit because you are a great negotiator. And one thing I think becomes obvious quickly in talking to you is that you're really transparent, authentic, and you're warm. And it's, 
you're the kind of person that if there's a white elephant in the room, you're not going to brush it over. You are going to call it out, um, whatever that might be, which brings us to negotiating. Give us kind of, I know you've got a story about it, but um, or lots of them, but we talked about one, um, but any stories you want to share, but kind of give us your best advice on negotiating and the value of that and what we do. Believe it or not, I think that one of the skills is actually negotiating with the other realtor um, and really sort of setting expectations. Um, so I love to sort of open up a negotiation with an agent of like, I'm all about full disclosure uh, to a certain extent. Um, but uh, I, I was negotiating with a with an agent one day and um, because I, you know, we obviously deal with all different types of people from all different walks of life, from all different areas of the world. And he had a very strong accent and I had a really hard time uh, understanding him. So I remember asking him to speak a little slower for me to, so I could make sure that I understood him. And while we were negotiating, I said to him, I'm going to repeat back to you. I'm going to take this information back to my client, but I'm going to repeat back to you what I've heard. And I repeated it back. And uh, obviously, that is not what he meant. And so he came back at me and he was swearing at me. And he I started accusing me of like putting words in his mouth and how dare I. And wow. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. yeah. And so instead of, you know, being defensive myself, um, I just basically said, well, this is why I've, I've asked, you know, this is why I repeated back to what I thought I heard, because I want to make sure that I'm clear. But before we right. go any further, I just want you to, to, to note this. I, we, you and I are not against each other. This isn't you against me. You and I are actually on the same team because we both have the same goal in common. And that is you want the best deal for your client. I want the best deal for my client. We want the deal to, to go through and we want the deal to close. So let's move forward remembering that we're on the same team and yeah. down 10 notches and the deal closed and it was fine. But you know, I, I, I think that, um, one of the things I always say to my clients is, is that, you know, when you're hiring an agent, you have, you want to hire an agent. They're an extension of you and how they act in public and how they are and how they negotiate and how they talk to people. And if they're on time, yeah. professional they are, they're representing you. Yeah. So, um, and we need to remember that for our clients, all of us listening to the show. Um, I love, because I think the big lesson in that is, is whether it's with an agent or our clients, I always, especially the further along I get in my career, I'm leading more and more people and working with more and more people and counting on them to deliver for me, for the team and my clients and all our clients are counting us to deliver for them. And when they tell me something and I hear, got it, I'm like, got what repeat back like every meeting we take notes follow up with an email hi per our conversation today this is what we're doing these are the next steps so that you can get the swearing out of the way before the action takes place and avoid a lot of problems and it gives you traction on where to go and what to do and getting your client where they want to be and as a professional getting you to the closed deal yeah. And at the end of the day, it's also creating that paper trail. That's very important. Yeah. By the way, I was thinking that, read my mind, right? Exactly. Um, what, so in this business, again, 17 years, I always say nobody does anything like anything, I don't think, for 17 years and doesn't have their challenges. What has been one of your biggest challenges in 
this business, whether it's specific story or in general or both? That's a, that's a great question. And I, it, it just pops into my head immediately. Um, so I actually, in my, I think it was around my 13th year, I had a client shake my confidence in my capability of my dogs to the core, which is not very hard, which is actually very hard to do because I'm an extremely- Well, it took you 13 years. It took me six months in the business. So that's pretty good. So, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty confident person. So that was huge to have my, and I wasn't, I wasn't even expecting it. I was just completely sideswiped. Um, and I, I instantly started questioning a, a, a client or somebody would ask me a question, a simple question of like, how is the market? And I would start to answer and I would in the back of my head, hear this voice saying, are, is what you're telling them? right? Is it the truth? Uh, like, and I was sort of blown away. And so the thing the, my biggest lesson was that, believe it or not, took a couple of years. For me tell to, us what happened. Was, think, you Sorry? tell us what you can about what happened, what unfolded and how did it happen? If so, you, whatever you could disclose. Yeah, tell sure. everybody so know. I, I had had a, a, a client, uh, a male client purchase a home. And during the time that he was purchasing a home, he uh, met his new girlfriend. And so I met her as well. And over the years of them living in this home, uh, we, you know, I thought that I had established this great relationship with her. I, I kept in touch with them. Um, you know, little things like at Christmas time, I make about 250 bottles of homemade Bailey's Irish cream and I would always drop a bottle off to them. And so just like really great relationships and, you know, her and I would talk about purses and shoes and all that sort of fun stuff. And wow. they came back to me and said they wanted to purchase a new home and they were going to sell this home. So they purchased the home. And then when they went to sell their home, he was very busy with work and he asked me if I could just deal with her only. And for whatever reason, she turned on me. Uh, like it was, it was unbelievable. And it, it, it was, I would simply tell them things like, for an example, they would ask a question. So when is the best time to put the property on the market? And so I would say, well, this is what our market normally looks like. You know, here's, here's the, here's the downs. Here's what properties tend to sell for in the spring. And then here's the difference of what they sell for in the fall. And then they ended up putting the house on the market at sort of our, one of our lowest times. So there's an example of like, you tell people what the best scenario yeah. looks like, but then they do sort of sometimes the opposite, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the, the transition wasn't being successful and she turned on me and everything I did was wrong. And um, it was, it got really bad. It, it, they actually called my brokerage and told them, uh, that I had, I was drunk at the open house. Like they were vicious. And of wow. course, my broker at Sotheby's instantly was just like, you're crazy. Like she's one of my, yeah. right. Wow. Um, it, 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 it was really scary just how vicious and outright lying and, and, and devastating it really was. And so, yeah, for two years, I really questioned I ended up firing them because I had no choice. I had to, I had to protect myself. Wow. Um, but for two years, I questioned everything. And in fact, I thought I wanted to get out of the business and I became depressed. Um, I'm a big believer in coaching. I've always had coaches. Um, yeah. 
And uh, somebody had said to me, I think you need a life coach right now. And I went, okay, let me try that. Yeah. I brought on a life coach, uh, depressed. I, you know, no confidence. Do I want to get out of this business? And uh, two years later, I finally, nobody could get me out of it, Jerry. I I couldn't get out of it. Nobody could snap me out of it. Nobody had anything to say. And after two years, I think time just took its course and I started to slowly come out of it. And then things, you know, sort of started to move forward. And I, you know, I got my confidence again in this yeah. And uh, the thing was, was that two years that I thought, what else should I do? Everything. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing I wanted to do. I just loved my job so much and it just fit my yeah. lifestyle and my personality in so many ways. I wasn't, it was, I meant to do this. So, and now I'm extremely protective of my confidence. Yeah, yes, and you're, and you're, it's, and it's, you've got to, you, you owe it to everybody, your, all of your clients and yourself to protect yourself and to not question. But what, because I think there, if you can't be a realtor and not have an experience where, with a client where sometimes they take whatever they have going on is and project it on you. I mean, that is our businesses. I always say you're dealing with people's family, their home. And their money, it's, it gets right. But it took you 13 years to have a, I'm sure you had a really bad experience. What was your, if you could say, what was your lesson and what was your coming into that again? How, what would I do differently? But first, what was the biggest lesson? Because obviously you, you broke through that. What was your biggest lesson? My biggest lesson was um, managing clients' expectations. And when I see red flags of managing those expectations and seeing that they're not being realistic, get out. Yeah. That's it, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to work with people that are going to work against me and are going to make my job harder. At the end of the day, I, try to, I, I work from a place of abundance, not a place of scarcity. So when I wake up in the morning, uh, I've been doing this long enough, but- I wish I'd had this attitude six months into the business, which is when I wake up in the morning, I want to get in my car and I want to be excited to come and see you. And it's so funny because sometimes those really polite clients and we, we take them to go look at a house. And then as they're leaving, it's not the house for them. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I made you. Oh no, don't be sorry. Listen, this is my job. And honestly, I love what I do, but the best part is, is like, I like you and I want to see you and I want to spend time with you. I want to get in my car. And when I'm driving here, whether you like the house or not, that's a whole nother part of the trans, you know, your, your process, but I'm getting in my car to drive, to come and see you. Cause I want like, cause I like you and I want to see you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And learning to enjoy, sometimes we get in this, there is this, there's a little bit of pressure to deliver. There's pressure to, you know, we, or it may be a lot of it's self-imposed, but how do we make sure that we're delivering at a level with our clients that we aren't afraid to enjoy it. And that doesn't mean we're not good at it. So at the end of the day, I think a big lesson for all of us in this business is we're so, we just want to love people. And on one end for me, I can be very disciplined. So I have to learn to like, Oh wait, to love this, it makes me more valuable and it's not a bad thing. And then on the flip side of that, it's like, yes, and still be able to set boundaries and maintain respect. Does that sum it up? Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like there's, there's, there's red, you know, the, the, the first one I ever learned was if, if I can see the clients don't trust me, which is understandable at the beginning, but after we've chatted a few times, if they cannot 
see my integrity in this business. And if there's no trust, there's no transaction. Yeah. It will fall apart. I guarantee it. At some part, some ha like some part down the road, it'll fall apart every single time. Yeah. It really comes down. I know I've had some clients that are difficult, more difficult. Every, we all have the more or less difficult. And, and I would say for me, and you tell me what, but at the end of the day, it is trust. If you don't, if, if our issues are because you don't trust me, we can't, even if you think you can, we can't, we can't get past that period. Absolutely. 100%. If you, if we just are having a miscommunication, but trust is there, I think we can get through this. Would you, that's my, that's kind of my knowing the difference, but what were you going to say? Uh, well, a hundred percent. So I just finished competing for a listing with people that had sadly enough, a really bad experience with the agent before. Yeah. So I knew I could tell that there was this process that, that process that they had to go through in order yeah. to feel comfortable to move forward. Um, and they did, they decided to move forward with me. And I also knew I could tell that there was, they, they had to have a certain amount of control, but I also then had to, like, we also can't forget to, uh, you know, I am the professional and there is a reason why you hired me. And so I'm okay to allow you a certain amount of control here. But at the end of the day, I'm going to also tell you what, what we're really, like, what's really going to happen here so that, you know, we can make sure that this transaction goes smoothly. So it's also, I think a little bit of like allowing people to get to where they need to go with you in the transaction to feel comfortable, but then also knowing that there are like, you have to take the lead. You're, there's a reason why you're the professional and you're the advisor and that they're hiring you and don't be afraid to assert that when you need to, when it's, when it's best for them. And do you have any examples of how you assert that? Yeah. Give us so one example. Right off the bat, I would say the most common one is people who are marketing or think that they're marketing. Some are, some aren't marketing gurus and they, oh, yeah. they want to rewrite your marketing material. And there are times where rewriting that marketing material, I don't really care. It looks good. You've done a great job. We can put it over here. It's only going on social media or whatever. And then there's other times where I'm sorry, that's not going to work. We have to make sure I, I want to use these keywords, you know, um, right. You know, for an example, uh, if you've got a really nice high end, you know, uh, uh, Lenovo, you know, stove, uh, that's a little bit more important and showing value of the home than perennials in your garden. I know you're proud of them. However, <laughs> there yeah. that, you know, we have to speak of value of your home and why there's this value. Because that's why they're going to buy it. And two, you know, one thing I've done to, in those situations is, if you've got a client that's really focused on the perennials in the garden, but you know, that's not the buyer, we'll do some targeted marketing on social media for gardeners just in case. But in the main marketing, like you said, like we've got to focus on like what we know as professionals actually sells the home because especially you know, we've done it a lot. Yeah, exactly. It's setting those boundaries. Um, you talked a little bit about, I want to ask you a little bit about this listing presentation and then we're going to go into our final three that everybody knows about. Um, that listens to our show regularly, but your listing presentation, I love how you said, I've got a listing presentation that it, I can go into a listing appointment with, you said, let me back up everybody. We talked about two different kinds of people. 
You've got the people that just want the bottom line and then the people that want all the information. Yeah. You've got a listing presentation you can lay out that does both. Tell us a little bit about what your listing appointments look like and how you take it or able to take it in either direction and what that looks like. So one of the things I have is um, it's almost like a, I want to get to know you form that I like to send out to my clients ahead of time. And I don't know, uh, Jerry, I can always send this to you. And then if please do ways to send it out, but it, it basically has a list of, so for an example, like marketing, uh, it, it, the certain things that are important during a, you know, uh, during a transaction. So feedback from the agent, um, uh, listing price, uh, closing date, you know, all of these things that are important. And then it actually asks the clients to, uh, number them in importance from one to five. So you've got to send us. This yes. is great. I love it. Yeah. So when I get this back, I already have a bit of a snapshot of what's important to one or all of the people involved, number one. So it allows me to know where I'm focusing. And then when I go into a listing presentation, I sort of have a talk sheet of like the things that, you know, how many times have we left a present, a listing presentation and went, oh, I forgot to mention that. And that could have been the yeah. getting the listing or not. So I have a little sort of talk sheet that I like to follow, but I also present them with, these are the four things we're going to chat about. Um, and then really, I just go into asking them the questions. I want, I, I want them to talk. I want them to tell me what this looks like. I want to know what their needs are so that the rest of the conversation or listing presentation hits on what I can tell is important to them. Um, what are the four things you talk about? So it would be, so for an example, what are your needs? So an analysis of what are your needs? Um, then sort of a walkthrough of the home, just to get an idea of how much work is involved or not involved in, and so that I can do, I can do pricing. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll tell you one of the things for me is a lot of the times agents will just simply walk into a listing presentation, they'll look at the house and then they'll give the client a range. I always say to clients, I'm not, I don't work that way. I like to make sure that I do uh, a market analysis and I like to do it in my office looking at hard copies because as far as I'm concerned, when I'm doing a market analysis, I'm actually starting the paperwork or the foundation of your negotiations. Yeah. So when I have, uh, when I'm in a negotiations with either, with the other side, I then have hard copies of reasons of why, you know. So you basically is. set another meeting after the presentation to talk about price. Yeah. Or maybe even a Zoom call. In person, on the phone, or nowadays via Zoom. So yeah. you talk about, I love how the first thing you talk about is their needs. Yeah. Their needs comes first, then a walkthrough of the home. Of their home, by the way. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. Of their home. Um, and then, and like sort of any, like what questions do you have? Right. I always say to clients, when we sit down to have a chat, I always say to clients, uh, what do you want to have answered today? Because your time is valuable. And when I leave today, I want to make sure that your needs have been met. Clients love that. Mm -hmm. Love it. And then, um, and then I usually leave them with, uh, you know, the fourth thing is sort of a quick sort of mini market analysis and what's going yeah. on in the neighborhood and, and so, stuff like that. 
So basically you come in, first learn about their needs before you even start, that's brilliant. Secondly, let's walk through your home and hear about it. Third, we're gonna talk about your questions for me. And fourth, what's going on in the market? And everybody, we talk about Ninja a lot on this show, but Ninja talks about starting, people comprehend things from big picture. You've got to start with the big picture first. They want to hear about their house, but they're not going to understand their house until they can understand the market, you know, nationally, you know, locally, and then by the neighborhood and then their house. That's Otherwise, right. when you try to get the information backwards, it's too, it's, it, it's too far gone because it's so subjective for everybody, especially them anyway. My, my mantra, and you'll see it, it's, uh, it's on my website, it's, it's in my listing presentation. My job is not to tell you what to do. My job is to educate you. Oh, that's my job. My job is to educate you so that you can make decisions confidently. My job is not to tell you what to do. It's to educate you. And I'll add to that because I can't help myself because I, I don't have that mantra, but I always say, I had a coach one time and she couldn't understand. She was like, why don't you, you're supposed to tell them what to do. I was like, no, no, no. I want to empower them. That's right. Educate them to empower them with what to do. Because at the end of the day, Black Swan, I keep quoting Chris Ross today. I haven't done that in a while, but there's always things you don't know. So if you don't educate them, the more you educate them, the more it helps things come out that they didn't think you needed to know, or they didn't even think about that are actually quite relevant. And they realize that when they're educated and empowered, and that builds that trust. That is the one thing we cannot do business without. You got it. You just nailed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. All right. And that, that, that form, that getting to know you form, I can't wait to see that. Okay. Final three. Okay. Number one, what tool in your business, whether it's something specific you do or a presentation you have or your structure or a piece of technology, what is your strongest resource for your success? The strongest resource in my, from my success my mouth, <laughs> the talk, like just talking, <laughs> just l- talking and listening. My ears and my mouth. Right, listen I, to I, you. I really, legit, I wouldn't need, like if, 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 if you took those two things away, I can't do my job. You can take other things away from me, I can do my job. I can talk and I can listen. Right, and, well, wait, and the funny thing is a lot of people might go, but wait, listen, but sometimes it's the talking, it gets them talking to give you something to listen to. That's right. Okay. I love that. Okay. Next question. I'm going to quote that my mouth, the most (laughs) anyway. um, And then we'd have to do a whole dissertation on that. But next book, is there one book that has just changed your career that we can't go on in this business without, or you couldn't? Uh, No, there isn't. Is there, who's been your most influential person in your business, whether it's a motivational speaker or it's anyone. Uh, your great, how about this? What is your greatest source of inspiration? Greatest source of inspiration in my business. Um, uh, Jeepers creepers. Sorry. I'm uh, good. That means the answer is going to be good. Yeah. Honestly, Every, every single person I've, that has taught me something in my business, whether it's like a coaching program, 
whether it's been speaking to other successful, like, you know, agents that are really successful that are where I want to be, or whether it's my clients, honestly, my inspiration and my lessons have come from other people. That's your inspiration. The people in your, the people yeah. you've crossed paths with in this business. Yeah. And honestly, my inspiration is making people happy. My inspiration is seeing is, is those moments when I get to call buyers and say, you got the house and I get to legit listen to that. Like I, I, I live for those <laughs> moments. I do. So I know, I know as I wish I had, you know, some sort of big, no, I love that. I my, think my inspiration great. is the people are, I, that I've, surround myself with. And if you had it down, say making this more than the final three, but if you did have one piece of advice for us, what is that piece of advice as real estate agents? Uh, you're just to be, be happy being of, of service and don't, I went through a phase in my career where I just want to give information and I just want to help people and I just want to be there and just like, let me, like, I, I, I'm here. Like, I've got your, like, I'm here to catch you. I've got you. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I was told, well, don't give too much information because then they won't need. Oh, yeah. And I actually went through a phase in my business where I stopped, like, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you because then you're not. Yeah. Gonna and that wasn't fun. So yeah. just be of service. But my biggest thing is, if it's not fun, stop doing it. Honestly, yeah. if it's not fun, stop doing it. If you're working with somebody and they're not fun, stop working with them. Open the space to work with people that want to work with you. Open the space for people that will look at you as the professional advisor that you are and that will appreciate your worth and that will say thank you for telling me that. Thank you for taking me out. Thank you for selling my home. Thank you for doing that open house. If it's not fun, stop doing it. I love that. So I want to like end it with that. And we may, because the last question is actually, if there's one thing I asked you this already, but we're going to rework that. Here's how I usually ask it in case there is anything else. If there's one thing that we need to take away from this interview, if we're just going to forget everything else, is that what it is? Or is there anything else? Uh, I, if I was going to leave people with something, I, I would say, you know, uh, if I was going to leave you all with something, what would it be? It would be, or we're, if we're just going to forget everything else we've said, go ahead, go ahead. Anything that you, anything that you think is possible can absolutely be possible. 100%. Absolutely. Whatever you can think of, you can make happen. And don't let that little voice in the back of your head say, yeah, but because of, no, because, of, no, 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 no. We are so lucky to be in a profession where we get to change people's lives. We have, and we work in an uncapped income. We can be somewhat extremely flexible take advantage of that reach for the stars don't let and do not let anybody tell you otherwise do the second i say i'm gonna do this and somebody whether it's another agent in my office which i've had happen before whether it's you know not at sotheby's by the way <laughs> say that not at sotheby's it was another company uh, um, right or just somebody in general any of your friends that are like no you can't that person goodbye it's nay that's it get it out no way 
There's only room advice. for the stars. That's it. Cause it's a hundred percent possible. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Kendra, you're awesome. Kendra Conley in Toronto, Canada, everybody. Kendra, thank you for an awesome interview. Thanks for having me.